the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A young woman goes missing. A body is found. An anxious family awaiting work. The cause of death has not been determined at this time. The Pfizer COVID vaccine. How young will they go? There's pent-up demand for uh, parents to be able to have their children return to a normal life to reduce the risk of their child getting sick as well as transmitting to the family. Sending thousands of would-be immigrants back home. Over the last few days, we have moved approximately 3,300 individuals. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, September 21st. I'm Rich Thomason. We asked, and you responded. Just a few weeks ago, one of America's leading nonprofit law firms, First Liberty Institute, asked patriots like you to sign their letter to help stop President Biden's radical scheme to pack the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, since then, a quarter of a million people have signed on, with tens of thousands joining their coalition every day. Franklin Graham, former U.S. Attorney General Ed Meese, Dr. James Dobson, the Family Policy Alliance, the Heritage Foundation, they're all on board, but we only have until September 29th to include your name before this goes to the Biden Commission. Look, if we don't stop the radical left from installing four more justices so they can rig the system in their favor, it will end the rule of law as we know it in America. Please sign your name now. Go to Supreme Coup, that's C-O-U-P dot com, to sign First Liberty's letter. That's SupremeCoup.com. God bless America. The FBI says a body found Sunday is believed to be Gabby Petito, a young woman missing after a cross-country trip with her boyfriend, Brian Landry. Landry has now disappeared after returning home to Florida, providing no information to authorities when asked about Gabby's whereabouts. The FBI executed a search warrant as it continues to search for Landry, who's wanted for questioning. Watch the door. Outside the family home of Brian Landry, a person of interest in the disappearance of Gabby Petito, a crowd of reporters huddled under umbrellas on a neighbor's lawn as FBI agents came in and out of his parents' home with boxes of evidence. At least a dozen agents and police officers converged on the home a day after authorities discovered a body believed to be hers on the edge of Grand Teton National Park. Landry's whereabouts are still unknown. In an interview broadcast Monday on the Dr. Phil show, Gabby's father, Joseph Petito, said Landry and his daughter had dated for two and a half years and that there were no problems during a previous road trip to California. Petito said Landry's family was complicit by protecting him. He says he wants Landry to be held accountable for whatever part he played in Gabby's disappearance. I'm Jennifer King. A woman's body was found in Wyoming, according to the FBI's Charles Jones. Human remains were discovered, consistent with the description of Gabrielle Gabby Petito. Full forensic identification has not been completed to confirm 100% that we found Gabby, but her family has been notified of this discovery. The U.S. military vaccinating thousands of Afghan evacuees overseas. 
Earlier this month, the U.S. halted flights carrying Afghan evacuees to the U.S. from Germany and Qatar after discovering a limited measles outbreak among Afghans arriving in the U.S. The U.S. military now says it's vaccinated thousands of Afghan evacuees in Germany against measles, mumps, rubella, and chickenpox. The military's 86th Airlift Wing says the shots were given to almost 9,000 evacuees over three days out of an abundance of caution and at the request of the CDC. I'm Rita Foley. Changes are coming to some COVID-related travel mandates, as Daybreak Insider White House correspondent Greg Clugston explains. Beginning in November, all foreign nationals flying into the country will need to be fully vaccinated. The White House says travelers coming here will need to demonstrate proof of vaccination before boarding, as well as proof of a negative COVID-19 test taken within three days of flight. President Biden will also tighten testing rules for unvaccinated American citizens, who will need to be tested within a day before departure to the U.S., as well as on their return. COVID concerns along the southern border have reporters asking White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki if they're being screened as well. Well, first of all, I can re- re- I can readdress for you or re- re-talk you through what that steps the, we that take. That is the policy for people who fly into the country. So if somebody walks into the country right across the river, does somebody ask them to see their vaccination card? Well, let me explain to you again, Peter, how our process works. As individuals, as individuals come across the border, uh, and uh, they are uh, both assessed for whether they have uh, any symptoms. If they have symptoms, they are the intention is for them to be quarantined. That is our process. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. I don't think it's but the same here. thing. The it's not the same thing. These are individuals, as we've noted and as we've been discussed, we are expelling individuals based on Title Forty Two specifically because of COVID, because we want to prevent a scenario where large numbers of people are gathering, posing a threat to the community and also to the migrants themselves. So those are the policies that we put in place um, in large part because, again, the CDC continues to recommend Title 42 be in place given we're facing a global pandemic. Worries that a U.N. General Assembly gathering could turn into a super spreader event Some world leaders insisting they will not get vaccinated despite a New York City mandate. The president, by the way, expected to speak at the U.N. this week. The White House doesn't seem concerned about Mr. Biden rubbing elbows with the unvaccinated. We obviously take a range of precautions, including uh, ensuring the president is tested. Uh, Obviously, he's vaccinated, uh, but uh, there is no intention to change our plans to have him deliver a speech there. Pfizer reports its COVID-19 vaccine is effective for children 5 to 11 years old, and it plans to seek authorization for this age group soon in the U.S., Britain, and Europe. That vaccine already available for anyone 12 and older, Dr. Bill Gruber is a Pfizer senior VP. Although there have been inroads made by masking and doing other things, we're still not where we need to be for children to be able to grow up and have a a full child and and all the way through adolescence. Um, And so I I see this as urgent for many reasons, the the social reasons, as well as the immediate impact in reducing uh, hospitalizations and illness. The company will soon provide federal regulators with information about the vaccine safety and effectiveness in young kids. That uh, demonstrates uh, a a, a robust immune response and a a satisfactory safety profile for the Pfizer, BioNTech, mRNA vaccine in children 5 to 11 years of age. Pfizer studied a lower dose of its two-dose vaccine in more than 2,200 kindergarten and elementary school-age kids. 
The youngsters did develop virus-fighting antibody levels just as strong as teens and young adults. Busted, San Francisco Mayor London Breed. She's been photographed at a city nightclub partying without a mask despite a city mandate. Breed remains defiant. I had a good time at the Black Cat, and I think it's sad that um, this is even a story. Um, The fact is um, there was something that was really... Um, monumental that occurred, and that is Tony, 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 the original members, the brothers, who have not performed in public for, I believe, at least over 20 years, and the fact that that is getting lost here is very unfortunate, and from my perspective, you know, I was there, I was eating, and I was drinking, and I was sitting with my friends, and everyone who came in there was vaccinated. Well, apparently at least some would-be immigrants will not be welcomed into the U.S. by the Biden administration. More than 6,000 Haitians and other migrants camped out at a Texas border town are being sent back to where they came from. We are working to increase the capacity of return flights to Haiti and other destinations. We anticipate at least one to three flights per day. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Irregular migration, the perilous journey is not the journey to take. One risks one's life, the life of one's loved ones, for a mission that will not succeed. CBS News says Homeland Security is vowing to swiftly investigate what it terms extremely troubling footage of Border Patrol agents on horseback aggressively dispersing Haitian migrants and says the internal probe could lead to disciplinary action. Democratic congressional leaders backed by the White House say they'll push ahead with a vote on funding the government and raising the debt ceiling. Congress must fund the government in the next 10 days or risk a federal shutdown. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer accusing Republicans of playing politics because they refuse to allow the government to go even deeper into debt. Last week, Leader McConnell announced that the Senate Republicans are inclined to deliberately turn their back on their obligations. When asked if Republicans would block an extension of the debt limit, Leader McConnell amazingly and cravenly said that Republicans are united in opposition to raising the debt ceiling. Shame. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy says a Democrat spending plans would equal the amount of money we spent to win World War II. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett. In a radio interview, McCartney argued, quote, that Democrats are just adding on to our debt as we're going along saying the spending bill would create more inflation. The House is expected to vote on a bipartisan infrastructure bill later this month, though progressives say they won't support a package without movement on the larger $3.5 trillion spending bill Democrats hope to pass to reconciliation. Thirteen House committees this month were able to craft their portions of the spending package, with additional changes expected from leadership before the bill is brought to a vote on the House floor. McCarthy says that in total, spending more than $5 trillion, that's the amount of money we spent to win World War II. The Senate's nonpartisan parliamentarian says Democrats cannot use their $3.5 trillion spending plan to give millions of immigrants a chance to become U.S. citizens. That decision delivering a blow to what was a Democrat's clearest pathway in years to attaining their long-sought goal. Hotair.com reporting that Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar suggests that Senate Majority Leader Schumer simply ignore the parliamentarian's ruling, calling it only a recommendation. 
Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House says Federal Reserve delivers an update tomorrow on the economy and interest rate policy following a two-day policy-setting meeting. Economists had been expecting that the central bank could announce plans after the meeting to begin reducing the Fed's $120 billion monthly bond purchases, which are helping to lower long-term interest rates. Now, analysts say that's less likely because of data showing the economy created only 235,000 jobs in August. The slowdown occurred after gains averaging around a million per month in June and July. Wall Street plunged at the start of the trading week, but it could have been worse. Worries about a potential collapse by Evergrande, one of China's largest real estate developers, and the potential ripple effects across markets sent stocks tumbling on Wall Street Monday. The markets are also worried the Federal Reserve may pull back its support for the economy. The S&P 500 suffered its biggest drop in four months, falling over 75 points, or 1.7% to 4,357.73. After two weeks of losses, the S&P 500 is on track for its first monthly decline since January. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, briefly down 971 points, fell 614 to 33,970. The Nasdaq fell 330 points, or 2.2 percent. The losses mirrored drops in overseas markets. I'm Mike Gracia. The Supreme Court to hear arguments December 1st in a high-profile abortion case. The state of Mississippi is asking the high court to uphold its ban on most abortions after the 15th week of pregnancy. It's the latest attempt to overturn the ruling that legalized abortions, Roe v. Wade. The state told the court it should overrule Roe and the 1992 decision in Planned Parenthood v. Casey that prevents states from banning abortion before viability, the point at which a fetus can survive outside the womb around 24 weeks of pregnancy. The Supreme Court recently allowed a Texas law to take effect that bans abortions after cardiac activity can be detected around six weeks of pregnancy before some women even know they're pregnant. The court did not rule on its constitutionality. Ed Donahue, Washington. A Texas doctor has already violated the new Texas abortion law, and that has not gone unnoticed. A San Antonio doctor who defied the new Texas restrictions on abortion providers has been sued by two people in a first test of the legality of the near-total ban on the procedure. Former attorneys in Arkansas and Illinois have filed lawsuits against Dr. Alan Braid. In a Weekend Washington Post opinion column, Braid became the first Texas abortion provider to publicly reveal he violated the the law that took effect September 1st. The Texas law prohibits abortions once medical professionals can detect cardiac activity, which is usually around six weeks. While the law forbids prosecutors from taking criminal action, it allows private citizens to sue the providers and claim at least $10,000 in damages if successful. I'm Mike Gracia. And NPR confirms it is former lawyers in Arkansas and Illinois who filed the lawsuits. NPR identifying one of the plaintiffs as a man who says... He's not opposed to abortion, but sued to force a court review of the Texas pro-life law, which he describes as an end run. The other suit filed by a Chicago man asking a court in San Antonio to declare the new Texas law unconstitutional. In his view, that law represents an egregious form of government overreach. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett reports New York Congressman Lee Zeldin was diagnosed with leukemia last year. Following treatment, though, it now is in remission. Zeldin's diagnosis has not been disclosed before this weekend, even as he announced his intentions to run for New York governor. Zeldin said in a statement shared on his campaign website, Through early detection last November, I was diagnosed with early-stage chronic myeloid leukemia. 
Over the last nine months, I've achieved complete remission, and I'm expected to live a normal life, and my doctors say I currently have no evidence of this disease in my system. In June, New York Republican officials voted to name Zeldin the GOP's presumptive gubernatorial candidate ahead of the party's primary election. Finally this morning, a multi-day ordeal involving a dramatic prison break in Israel is over. The media line's Felice Friedson fills us in. The final chapter in the movie-like story of six Palestinians who tunneled their way out of an Israeli maximum security prison was written when security forces apprehended two remaining fugitives before dawn. The pair had been hiding in the West Bank city of Janine since the spectacular jailbreak on September 6th. All six were serving sentences for murder and other violent crimes. One a senior Hamas official and the other five members of the Islamic Jihad terrorist organization. Skirmishes between soldiers and sympathizers broke out, but the fugitives surrendered without resistance. Among questions still to be answered are an empty prison guard observation tower and a sleeping guard in a second position. I'm Felice Friedson, SRN News, Jerusalem. More details at themedialine.org and srnnews.com. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. Join us again tomorrow. I'm Rich Thomason. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.